Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the early line, hour number two, live right here on Sports Grid. I am Kevin Walsh, joined by Donnie Wright. We have some NFL news to get to, Donnie, because our former boy, Carson Wentz, is mm. unfortunately, for the Colts, injured once again. This time, it is a foot injury that could possibly require surgery, though it seems like all parties are hoping to avoid that. No, and I think that's the best-case scenario with what they're trying to avoid. But how many times have we seen this story play out in the past? Going to hold off on surgery here for us. Let that work out for Michael Thomas down in New Orleans that the front office is furious that that situation didn't get take care of in February and had to linger on until June. Now he's going to be on the pup list. I think it's a worst-case disaster scenario now. If you're the, from the Colts' perspective, Kevin, and this is great that we can play around a little bit with this topic. You know, Carson, maybe if Big, Big Ben Roethlisberger had a foot injury, okay, he can't move around so much. He doesn't move anyway. Tom Brady in the pocket, foot injury, eh, maybe he can manage it like he had a torn MCL last year and manage it all the way to a Super Bowl championship. Not mobile guys. Carson Wentz rolling around, getting out of the pocket, making athletic plays. That's what makes him a very good quarterback when he is healthy. So now he's not healthy. But, Kevin, my question to you on this one here is because – when I see this right away, the NFL season is long, correct? 17 games now, up from 16 mm-hmm. games. The playoffs and all the way through. I understand they have a very tough first part of their schedule. I get all of that stuff. But if Wentz is going to be your quarterback this year and you have Super Bowl aspirations, you have to make the playoffs. So how many games he plays in the regular season is going to be key. Let's just say this rest and relaxation period, per se, for Carson Wentz takes three weeks. Because I can't imagine, Kevin, it's one of those where – you know, hey, uh, we're going to hold off on surgery, but let's rest four days before you get back out there and practice. That doesn't make sense. It sounds like this might be a resting period for a few weeks. So then he comes back and say, okay, I feel okay. And by week two, the same foot injuries are happening again. Not to say he re-aggravates it, Kevin, but he's just going to have to manage the pain all the way through 17 games as opposed to going under the knife and maybe missing the first one or two games of the schedule, then being healthy all the way through after that. Answer me this, Kevin. Are you more comfortable with the path that he's taking now? Because whenever we hear surgery, right, it's like, hey, we don't want surgery. That's yeah. at all costs. But surgery in this one might say, hey, I can guarantee you back by week two, and you shouldn't have any issues after that. Yeah, I think that's – I don't really understand then why they aren't basically saying, hey, listen, like, you're getting surgery. Even if you missed the first three, four, f- five weeks, whatever it is – it's better if he doesn't have the surgery, Donnie, then it feels like this will linger over the Colts all season long. The idea that he has an injury in which surgery is an option, but so is rest, and a world in which the rest could be equally as effective for a guy with an injury history does not feel like the ideal way to go out there and play this. Now, If you look through the Colts' depth chart, I mean, we're talking about Jacob Eason and Sam Ellinger as QB2 and QB3. Not ideal. But again, for most teams, how often is your backup quarterback situation all that great? But again, on another hand, 
you can always try and go out there and make a move and bring in another quarterback to make this situation a little bit better for yourselves here uh, in the Indianapolis Colts. I think their futures markets odds are fascinating. We'll bring the radio audience into the fold here. And thanks to all those that are listening to the early line on Sports Grid Radio and all of our radio affiliates out there here on a Monday morning. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside reacting to the Carson Wentz injury news. But the number, Donnie, that stands out to me more than any, the Colts to make the playoffs. They are still a minus 150 to the yes to make the postseason. I know seven teams make it. I know they won 11 games last year, and I know there's some chance that Wentz is available week one, but that plus money option, even if it's still low, plus 124, does stand out a little bit. I hear you on that. I really do. And let's just say worst-case scenario, Kevin, that Carson Wentz takes the three weeks off. It doesn't work out. He gets surgery, and now he's going to miss, let's just say, the first five or six games of the season. Here's the thing I know about the Colts organization, right, as they're heading into this year. This is a very good overall team that was hoping to upgrade the quarterback position from Phillip Rivers, who's a little bit older, couldn't push the ball downfield, to a more athletic Carson Wentz with a big-time arm. That should be enough to improve their team to get to the playoffs. Now, let's just say that doesn't work out with Carson Wentz and he's injured now till week five. I trust the front office group, Ryan Griggs and the GM, to go out and make a move for a solid veteran quarterback. Is there any world right now, and they have to say this, hey, we like the young guys we got in camp, we like these young quarterbacks. If something was wrong with Wentz, these guys are going to be able to do it because that's the mentality you have to have with backup quarterbacks and young kids to say, hey, we put you on this team for a reason. If Wentz goes down, we think you can do the job. Now, let's be real. If Carson Wentz decides to go into the night but things don't work out over the next three weeks, it's open season on other teams' backup quarterbacks to make a move for the Indianapolis Colts to buoy them if Wentz is going to be out until week eight. They're not going to go with a young quarterback over that hellish schedule over the first five, first five six games. They are going to have to make some moves, Kevin. That's why when I look at them overall, I think they're still in a good spot because the team is good, the coaching staff is good, and the front office is good. If something is different from Wentz long-term from what we anticipate right now, they'll make a move for a backup quarterback and we'll get in the playoff. I think that is true. They will have to make a move, but again, I guess, Donnie, where the surgery or not taking the surgery option makes this very difficult is if they say, listen, we promise he'll be ready week one, and then he isn't, so now it is Jacob Eason, but then he's back week two, and then he's injured by week six, and it's a disaster year all in all for the Indianapolis Colts. When we get to take it or leave it, we'll talk about their win total. We'll also talk about Nick Chubb signing that contract extension and what his season-long rushing prop looks like. But next up, NBA free agency talk right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, we are right back here on the early line. Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside with you on this Monday morning. 
and the NBA free agency window opens up at 6 p.m. Eastern today. I am sure a ton of news will break before that because it's the NBA and also because last night we basically not only got confirmation that Kyle Lowry is going to Miami, but it's going to happen in a sign and trade that'll send Goran Dragic and former Heat first rounder Precious Achua back to Toronto. Very, very interesting. Let's start, Donnie, though, with the Kyle Lowry news. The Miami Heat are 35-1 to to win the NBA championship. I feel like when this move gets finalized, that number will move a little bit. I could be wrong. What do you make of Kyle Lowry teaming up with Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo in South Beach? It makes you better, Kevin. Even though sometimes as we look at these moves, like, oh, it's not going to matter. He goes to Miami. They're not going to win anything. That's not really the point because we don't know how seasons turn out. We don't know how injuries turn out. We don't know how teams might not gel together when they're trying to make their own little super teams here. Kyle Lowry seems like he fits in just about every situation that you would put him into because you have that toughness of a point guard that's willing to get down low and take the contact and get to the free throw line. Late in basketball games, he wants the basketball. I like the move overall for the Miami Heat. Now, is it all of a sudden, Kevin, that we're going to take a look at these moves and say, well, now, wait a second. Miami, why are you trying? Sixers, we know you want to get rid of Ben Simmons to get another player in there. Why are you trying here? Because the Brooklyn Nets, if they are healthy, they're going to roll over the Eastern Conference, cruise all the way to the championship, and you wasted Kyle Lowry because he's getting up there in years. Why did you make that move? That's not the point of the NBA all season. The point of the NBA all season is try to add as much talent to your roster as possible and see if you can make a run in the East because what happens again, Kevin, if two out of the big three in Brooklyn go down? Did you want to say, well, we didn't make the move for Kyle Lowry because we didn't anticipate two of the three guys getting injured again. So, boy, it would have been nice if we did that sign and trade to bring Lowry to town. From a Heat perspective, I absolutely love the move because in order to win a championship, Kevin, you got to be in the mix. 100%. And I think ultimately they're giving themselves a chance. And here's the thing about the teams in front of them, right? There are three teams from the East with better odds. The Sixers. Yeah, listen, I'm done with that whole thing, okay? Doc Rivers is an awful, awful coach, and I have no idea how this Ben Simmons situation is going to play out. But here's what I know. He can't come back because they've absolutely burned that bridge. And it seems like Beal's staying. I don't know what Lillard's plans are, so I don't know what the Sixers' plans are. Milwaukee's fascinating, and not only will they be fascinating, but the same thing with the Phoenix Suns, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Clippers, the four teams that made it to the conference finals, and then, of course, beyond then. We saw this play out last year, Donnie, with the teams that were the final four inside the bubble. Short turnaround, it really hampered a lot of their seasons. There's still going to be somewhat of a short turnaround for the Bucks and the Suns. We are 78 days away from opening night in the this coming NBA season. Two of the three Bucks best players are right now playing with Team USA. Health, health, health. It decided this past season's championship, and it could take a big part in this coming season, which of course then leads it to the Brooklyn Nets. As long as the Nets are the favorites to win the NBA championship, things remain open. That might sound counterintuitive, but here's the reality of it. While they are the best team in the NBA, with the most talent in the NBA, they are an injury-prone group. And that's why, Donnie, I love the Miami Heat going for it, because a Jimmy Butler, Kyle Lowry, Bam Adebayo, big three, gives you a chance. And that's sometimes all you need. We saw that play out for Milwaukee, and we saw that play out for Phoenix. Once that move is finalized, we'll break it down a little bit more tomorrow. We'll see where the odds move. But I just mentioned Phoenix. Donnie, Chris Paul's going to be opting out. There is a lot of optimism that he, though, is just going to opt out and then work out a new deal with the Phoenix Suns. Are you surprised that CP3 seemingly is headed back towards Phoenix? I'm not surprised one bit because where is a better fit for CP3 at this point in his career? He's got the young legs on the basketball team, you know, the Devin Bookers, the DeAndre Aytons. They went all the way to the NBA Finals, came up a little bit short. Now, theoretically, heading into the 2021 season, if everybody is completely healthy out West, are they the favorites to win it? No. So maybe from a CP3 perspective, say, boy, I want to make one last run at the championship. We caught some lightning in a bottle, got some breaks this year, and weren't able to win it. So who's to say we're going to win it the following year? But when you take a look at where he's going to go, he can't just join Brooklyn. 
Now the simple fact is Westbrook goes to the Lakers. He can't just join the Lakers again unless there's some diabolical move out here where he says, hey, I don't need money anymore. I'm giving up $44 million to make $5 million and move to Los Angeles. So when you take out taxes, he's going to lose money that season just living in Los Angeles playing basketball for the Lakers. That's not happening. That's not the way business works in the NBA. So from a team perspective, A, do I have a good basketball team? Yes. B, do I like living here in Phoenix? Not a bad place to live. And C, Boy, look at all this money, Kevin, I can make by coming back here and being advantageous and still being a plus for this franchise. It makes a no-brainer for me. He has to go back to Phoenix. So the simple fact is, where else is he going to go, A, to a better team or better situation? I don't know. But B, you can't take that financial hit when this is probably going to be your last big deal that you're going to get before you ride off into the sunset of your Hall of Fame career. He stays in Phoenix. Ultimately, Donnie, I only felt like there were two options for CP3, the Lakers. That was off the table once the Russ deal was done. And the Knicks. And it was basically an idea of CP3. Look, I've been a world traveler these past four seasons. I don't really care. Put me in the big market. Put me in the big apple. Let me go be their savior. Let me keep them in the postseason. Let me see what I could possibly do with the Knicks. But... If the signs are pointing towards him wanting to go back to Phoenix, then that, I think, means he does prefer to see if he can hunt down a championship with the Phoenix Suns, and I would be very surprised if he left there. Now, I would still be very surprised if Kawhi Leonard left the Clippers. Let me not try and pretend that that's not the case here. And, in fact, it's probably like a, what, 98% chance that he goes back to the Clippers. But, Donnie, I can't help but read into the fact that this guy is still going to take meetings. We don't even know if he's going to play basketball next year. The Clippers have done everything under the sun for this guy. And you mean to tell me that he's going to still go to Mark Cuban's house? He's going to still see what the maybe Blazers or the Sixers or the Bucks or whomever it might be has to offer? It's a fascinating deal to me. It's a very fascinating deal because a lot of the movement in Kawhi's life seemingly doesn't really come from Kawhi. It's his surrounding factors, like Uncle Dennis. Like, hey, how about all the rumors that came out where he was supposed to go back to Toronto, but then you hear behind the scenes that Uncle Dennis is trying to negotiate that Kawhi goes to the Clippers and he gets a small percentage of the team? Not not Kawhi, (laughs) Uncle Dennis. I mean, there's those crazy theories out that are taking place. So anytime you hear something out here with something similar where maybe it's not Kawhi actually making the decision overall for himself, Kevin, look like, the Spurs bent over backwards to the guy. He basically had a thigh injury and said, I'm not playing this year. And in the NBA, like, okay, we don't want to upset this guy too much. Uh, you didn't like our doctors. Use your own doctors. Then he gets sent up to Toronto. He wins a championship. They would have built, They would have changed the name of the city of Toronto to Kawhiville if he stayed there. He was Canada's hmm. face. And he's like, you know what? We won a championship. I'm good. I'm going to the Clippers here out of nowhere. And, hey, thanks for all the good times here, Canada. So a little bit different of a mindset coming from Kawhi. So I just seem to think he likes that Southern California market. But is there anything out there, Kevin, where you say, okay, he's a free agent, he opts in, and he, maybe a sign-in trade has worked out with another organization. But I don't think Kawhi wants to leave Southern California. San Diego State likes the lifestyle, a little bit more laid back. I think he really digs it out there. But, yes, getting back to the NBA business here, Kevin, this guy is getting up there in his career. He's got a torn ACL. We don't know if he's even going to play. Similar to Kevin Durant, right? When you take a look at the Achilles, hey, he gets a max deal. We don't know when he's coming back. Don't worry. Take the year off. We'll pay you a max amount of money. Amazing stuff happens in the NBA, Kevin. Kawhi is just a fascinating character to me. Ultimately, I do believe that him going back to Los Angeles was always something he valued, and that's why he landed with the Clippers. But you just never know. Like, again, in terms of the ability to be in Los Angeles and win a championship, I'd like to think the Clippers check both boxes. How does Kawhi Leonard not watch that team beat Utah and push Phoenix to six without him and think, man, if I'm there, we are NBA champions? But I don't know what Kawhi thinks. He thought he was coming back for the finals. He's a torn ACL. I have no idea what Kawhi thinks. We're going to talk some more basketball with the Olympic game as we transition to take it or leave it next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We 
With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash activecash. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Take it or leave it right here on a Monday morning, making it happen with you on the early line. We've got Olympic basketball heating up tonight, 9 p.m., so actually you could watch a little bit. Luka Mm. Doncic is going to take the floor all East Coast time. Midnight, Team USA plays, and we've got some good options here. Let's start, though, Donnie, with Luka. The Slovenian squad actually now are not only 14-point favorites to beat Germany, they're the second choice on the board to win Olympic gold. But how about Luka Doncic, a points prop of 28.5 tonight, Donnie. Take it or leave it, Luka, over 28.5. I'm taking it. And it, you see the point spread there around that you know double-digit range, which is fine. It's not 23.5, it's not 28.5. So I think we can equate this to Kevin in the you know FIBA circuits here, you know 10-minute quarters, if he plays all the way through, right? He's got a legitimate chance to get that number. And it's funny that it said a 28 and a half because I would have looked at that and said 33 and a half. Hey, if it's a closer game, he's going to get that. We already saw him one time in this tournament, Kevin, post close to 50 points in one game if he plays all the way through. So we're hoping for a little bit of a closer game. No reason to believe he can't get that over 28 and a half. I'm going to take this all day long. Luca for 30 tonight? Who says no? Yeah, I think it's got to be a take. And I think if... For Luka Doncic now to be off two games in a row where he's not been able to get to that number. He's actually, a game against Spain in which they won impressively, he dealt with a little bit of foul trouble. He finished the game with only 12 points on two of seven shooting, 14 rebounds, nine assists. Again, it's Luka. But I think now getting to that next level, big-time favorites against Germany, but it is the knockout stage, so he should be playing the lion's share of that game. I think Luka, as Donnie just said, has a big-time night. I hope we get an odds boost around the Don. We've also got, of course, Team USA in action overnight. Massive game against Spain. The USA are still minus 210 favorites to win gold. The total is 180 for them against Spain. Donnie, they lay 12 points. Take it or leave it. USA minus the 12. I'm actually going to leave this one on the table. It's not because I don't think Team USA wins. I do. They're still minus 12. They're still a prohibitive favorite in this game. And, yes, they have more talent than Spain, and they should win this one. But now we're looking at the knockout stage where everything means a lot more. You don't need any bonus points, Kevin, for waxing a team by 25 or 30. You just have to get across the finish line to continue your quest to win a gold medal. Spain is a decent basketball team. And, look, we're not talking about, Kevin, the – you know, run under Mike Krzyzewski where they just dominated everybody and won gold medals. We're talking about a team that lost two exhibition games, then came back and lost to France already in the Olympic tournament here. So it's not as if we're sitting high and mighty here on Team USA saying, hey, roll out the basketballs, we'll drop this team by 30, and maybe get some pushback as you get to the finals against Australia. You have to win each and every game, but there's no longer style points involved. I think the U.S. gets this victory here, but i got to tell you, I'm going to leave this one. I'll take the 12 with Spain in this one to keep it close. For me, Donnie, this is the perfect game to go back to what had worked in the first two games for Team USA and betting them early. For those that didn't follow their game against the Czech Republic, they didn't not only not cover the first quarter, they lost the first quarter to the Czech Republic by seven points. Only at a four-point halftime lead. But 
they really did turn it on. I mean, they were down seven. They won the game by 35 points. I mean, they absolutely obliterated the Czech Republic when it was all said and done. I'm not saying that they lost focus, but I think losing the first quarter for Team USA should have them saying, okay, we need to come out and set the tone early. Your first quarter number is three and a half. Your first half number is six and a half. I think you get that kind of a game where USA comes out early. As Donnie said, Spain's still a good enough team, could hang around, maybe keep this to single digits. But I think backing the USA side early makes a little bit of sense just to give people an idea. KD, 20.5 for a points prop. Lillard, the second choice, at 16.5. Jason Tatum's numbers I know will be fascinating for people because those are 12.5s off of a 27-point night against the Czech Republic. I want to go to the overall odds now because the bracket is set. And it's a very fascinating bracket to work your way through. USA is going to play Spain on the bottom half of that side. Australia plays Argentina. Over on the other side of that, Slovenia plays Germany. France, though, plays Italy. And Donnie, I thought that France, with their matchup against Italy, avoiding USA, avoiding Australia, until potentially the gold game, would have better than plus 900 odds. But they don't. Their odds are 9-1. to one. It could create hedge opportunities. What do you think about it? France to win gold, plus 900. Take it or leave it. It's, it's, not a bad, yeah, it's not a bad look here on take it or leave it. But when you take a look at Team France at 9-1, to one, you are right. That is kind of surprising. Now, Slovenia moves up at the plus 550 number, obviously, because of who you're going to play in the bracket and maybe not have the hardest run all the way through. Australia at 9-1 to one, piques my interest a little bit more, Kevin, than France at 9-1. to one. Spain at 15-1. to one. Why are they so far down there being a decent basketball team? Because they have to play Team USA. So, obviously, it's going to get a little bit harder to do that. Team USA sitting up front at minus 210. Is there still value at minus? 210 i guess you could say well hey you know it's if i'm going to take it at 210 it was plus it was minus 750 just a few weeks ago i understand that but now looking in just to the knockout stages where team usa theoretically has three losses under their belt if you take a look at the Mm -hmm. exhibition season and heading to the olympics i don't know how much i want to play into that minus 210 but i do think you have some decent chances here if i'm i'm going to say hot or excuse me not right now but looking at slovenia plus 550 that's interesting what I would have to say is, you know, France and Australia taking two shots here at 9-1 to one there, taking both sides of that, that seems like a decent option because if we think the toughest team, I guess, to get the USA or knock them down would be Australia, so I would be leaning towards them at 9-1 to one at this point. I think the market on Australia, Donnie, that then would very likely interest you and anybody else that likes that team, they're plus 104 to win a medal. That's a big move for a team that was the second choice this whole go-around. If they beat Argentina, which they're favored to do, then they would then very likely, again, based on the odds, play Team USA. If they pull the upset over the Team USA, you automatically cash that ticket. But more importantly, as long as they play USA, even if they lose, they then go into the bronze game, and you would hold on Australia plus 104 ticket over likely France or Slovenia, and I think the reason that France has the same odds and Slovenia with better odds than Australia is not because they are better teams, not because they'd be favored over the Australia side. It's because they're on the other side of the bracket. So I think, Donnie, there could be some meat on the bone to Australia's plus 104 to win a medal. Ultimately, if you're looking for hedging, I'd play the France 9-1. to I think that they should not be this much further back than Slovenia. It doesn't really land for me. We've already seen them beat Team USA. 9-1 to is an attractive option. I want to bring up Nick Chubb because we did see him, Donnie, sign a contract extension over the weekend with the Cleveland Browns. And Nick Chubb has really been a tremendous player for this team ever since he showed up to Cleveland. He has an over-under rushing prop season total on the FanDuel Sportsbook at 13.50.5. Take it or leave it on Nick Chubb over that number, minus 112 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Now, there's no surprise this year heading into it. I'm a huge Nick Chubb guy. I mean, I think he is a phenomenal athlete. I think he has the chance to dominate. So when we take a look at the take it or leave it, Nick Chubb over the 13.50 number, that's a lot of you. Yes, I understand. 
It goes from 16 games to 17 games this year. Yes. 1350, is he talented enough to get that? Absolutely. But, Kevin, we talk about an NFL league, particularly the running back position that gets beat up a lot. He misses one or two games. He's not getting the 1350 unless he just goes bananas over the first 13 games of the season and basically has it in his pocket and rides out maybe a game or two that he misses down the stretch and can easily pick it up. Could that happen? Sure. Let's also take a look at the Cleveland Browns as an offensive team. Unbelievable offensive line, which is great for a good running back if you want him to get 1,350 yards. The NFL is a passing league. You have Austin Hooper at tight end. Odell Beckham Jr. on one spot. Jarvis Landry mm-hmm. in the slot. Hagan's on the other side. Kareem Hunt as a backup where you don't have to drain Nick Chubb throughout the first part or first half of the season and sort of ride him down the back stretch. So maybe he doesn't get all the volume that you would anticipate. So when I first looked at this number, Kevin, I'm like, 1350, he should be able to get that. But when you take everything else into play, Steelers are still going to have a good defense. The Baltimore Ravens are still going to have a good defense. These are two teams that you just line up and smash them for 175 yards on the ground. I just think if you're smart and you're the Cleveland Browns, you know what you have in Nick Chubb. Is he going to get 1,000 yards? Absolutely, if he stays healthy. Will he approach that 1350 number? Absolutely. But in the NFL, where injuries are so much a piece of this, and also you have a very good running back behind you in Kareem Hunt, what is going to take place on this team, Kevin, down the stretch if he needs 200 yards a game in weeks 14, 15, 16, and 17, which could be possible? I don't think he gets the 1350 number. And it's not because, Kevin, I don't think he's dominant and it's going to have a big season. I just don't know if you need him, Kevin, to get 1,350 yards. As much as it pains me to say, I'm going to leave this one on the table. I believe that all of these season-long props will take some adjusting to from the eyes because of that additional game. Nick Chubb, in 2019, got to 1,500 yards. Last year, in 12 games, got to 1,000, though. And it's difficult to say because, as Donnie mentioned, Kareem Hunt is there. You you do not need to have Nick Chubb run the ball 300 times. You just don't. But if I had to play this number, Donnie, I think I would play it to the over because I think Nick Chubb, as you do as well, I think he's that good. And I think as long as he is there for even 15 games, I think he'd be able to get to this number. Nick Chubb is one of the best running backs the sport has to offer. But you make a ton of valid points. It is a very... These are going to be difficult markets to peel through, no doubt. We take a break. We come right back. The early line continues. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Price drop. Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
All right, we're back right here on the early line, and it is time to preview tonight's Major League Baseball board. Yes, I am going to start with the Yankees game because, well, what do you want from me? Anthony Rizzo, Joey Gallo, they're making their way to Yankee Stadium. Now, I don't know if Joey Gallo is going to be in the lineup, but they have odds to hit home runs available. They do not have odds for Joey Gallo up. It feels like maybe because that number is going to be minus 115. On the mound for the Orioles, one of the worst pitchers this sport has to offer in Jorge Lopez. The Yankees are going to be throwing the newly acquired Andrew Heaney. Before we break down home run props like this is Dinger Tuesday, Donnie, the Yanks are a gigantic minus 270 favorite, and the total is a 10. Now, look, they should be a favorite. Of minus 250, eh, look, one team's going for it. They had a nice three-game series over the Marlins. You're going to get more of a Marlins-type team here in the Baltimore Orioles. But the Orioles do have some talent. I'm not saying the Orioles are going to win this game. But hear me out on this, Kevin. Lopez is a bad pitcher. Look at just the last 30 days, right? 5.19 XFIP number. Doesn't strike out a lot of guys. Walks too many batters. Perfect. Is how it sets up for the Yankees, right? So you take a look at his lefty-righty splits. Again, Lopez is a right-handed pitcher. You got some bats now in the Bronx from the left-hand side. And he doesn't fare well with mm-hmm. them, Kevin. A 425 weighted on base average over the last 39 batters he's faced from the left-hand side over the last 30 days. ISO power number 206, a little bit elevated as well. Lefties should be able to eat from the right-hand side. Actually, a little bit better, but his weighted on base percentage is a 384, but not giving up those extra, let's just say, base hits at a 107 ISO power number. But let's get to the crux of the argument here. On paper, LeMahieu, Rizzo, Judge, Gallo, Stanton, Torres, Odor, Sanchez, and Garden. You say, sign me up. Oh what is this team total? Five and a half, six, yeah. six and a half, seven and a half at this point. But let's take a look at what this squad has done on paper for those players over the last 30 days. Look at the K percentages here, Kevin. We all know strikeouts is going to be a problem for the New York Yankees. But this is getting a little bit egregious. If we go right down the list from 1 through 9, 21% for LeMahieu, 22% for Rizzo, 25% for Judge, 37% from Gallo, 31% from Stanton. 27% 27% from Torres, Odor, wow. 30%, Sanchez, 35%, Gardner, 23%. So for a good portion of the game, they're not even putting the baseball in play, which is half the battle against Lopez. Now, Lopez doesn't strike out a lot of guys. So say, okay, let's live with the power numbers, right? Let's, let's see what the on-base percentages are for the Yankees over the past 30 days. Because even though they strike out, that's a talented lineup. Kevin, only two guys are above the weighted on base average here for the last 30 days against right-handed pitching in Major League Baseball here. 333 for Rizzo, which 325 is average. He's slightly above that. Then you take a look at Joey Gallo, 328, slightly above average. Two lefties, they should be able to eat. Everybody else is below the line. I'm waiting for the Yankees to wake up, but at the same time, Kevin, one of the greatest national pastimes in FanDuel Sportsbook history is waiting on the Yankees <laughs> to after the fifth or sixth inning to have no runs and have one run on the board as their team total the FanDuel Sportsbook, which ding, 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 happened yesterday and worked out fantastic. Even though, Kevin, the Yankees should rake, boy, oh boy, it's hard to trust this team. All right, if the Yankees... Do not score in the first five innings. We're going to have some serious issues here. Like, just to give people an idea, the like the Yanks' run line in the first five innings, this is in every other game I promise you on the board, and I haven't looked, I don't need to, is half a run. The Yankees are laying one and a half in the first five. That is how horrible Lopez is. And that is the wonderful, welcomed return to the Yankees' tax. And I told Donnie this when they returned to Yankee Stadium, and this lineup was here, they were going to have to post a 10 to keep me off their team total. I lied. It's a 6. That is a gigantic number to bet that. To get 7 runs to cash a number, I can't do it. What I will do, potentially, though, is gauge the home run market a little bit. Rizzo's plus 290. I love that Odor's plus 260. That is hilarious. I cannot wait to see the Gallo number. I mean, Donnie, just based on kind of some of the numbers, right? If Aaron Judge is plus 250, Odor's plus 260, Rizzo's 290, is he going to be the biggest favorite if he is in the lineup 
for a home run tonight, or will he fall somewhere in between? I think he's going to fall somewhere in between. But if you're asking me who should actually be up there just based on numbers, the highest ISO power number in the lineup tonight for the New York Yankees over the past 30 days versus right-handed pitching, it's Joey Gallo with a 357. So he should be favored, but are people, ah, you know, he's coming over here. He didn't look so good over the weekend. Aaron Judge can probably get the job done. But if you're asking me to be an odds maker in this spot from the numbers I look at, he should be the favorite in the lineup to hit a home run over Aaron Judge. Yeah, I think it's going to be a really interesting market to watch all of those come available. By the way, like, I know the Yanks acquired Andrew Heaney. We're not talking about, like, an ace stuff on the mound. The 270 number is outrageous, but also, I mean, they better <laughs> win that baseball game. All right, let's keep things moving here on the board. I want to go over to Donnie's Phils. What an awful weekend of baseball for that team. I don't care if they ended it beating the Pirates 15-4. to They lost two out of three to the Pittsburgh Pirates. One of the more unacceptable series results I've seen all season long. They go to Washington, Donnie, as slight minus 120 favorites with a total checking in at eight and a half. It's ridiculous that the favorites of minus 120 here on the road against a team that's raised the white flag who essentially has, you know, Josh Bell and Juan Soto and really nothing behind them. And also a pitcher in Josiah Gray going out on the mound just basically, hey, young kid, get, we got to finish the season with somebody. Can you just go out there and pitch tonight? But this goes back to all the points that we make about the Philadelphia Phillies and why people don't trust them down the stretch. Ranger Suarez was a closer last week. You know what he is tonight? Yeah, he's a starter. He's going to go about three innings. Why is that? Because you have guys on your team like Matt Moore and Vince Velasquez that are supposed to fill up these innings that get lit up like a Christmas tree. So the simple fact is one of your better pitchers you're going to use, not really as an opener, Kevin, that goes like one inning like Tampa Bay does. You need him to go like three innings and piecemeal together a game against a team you should wipe off the field. This line should be minus 190, minus 210, minus 250. But the simple fact is the Phillies have so many holes in their starting pitching rotation that with a lineup that basically, again, just has Juan Soto and you have a $200 million payroll, you're a barely a favorite over a team that says, we don't care what happens the rest of the season here in Major League Baseball. We don't know who's pitching day to day. We might rest Juan Soto down the stretch just so he doesn't get hurt and has a healthy offseason. The fact that the Phillies are that slight favorite really gives you pause. And also, it actually makes sense here. Now, Ranger Suarez, 4.09 XFIP over the last 30 days. Average. He's striking out 33% of the batters he's facing, Kevin. Extraordinary. Take a look. Only 13 batters he's faced from the left-hand side because he's a left-handed pitcher. He's dominated. 0.072 weighted on base average. 0.0 ISO power number. Against righties, a 383 weighted on base average, but still very low in the ISO power number. But get this. Get this out of this cobblestone lineup here that we're going to be looking at for the Washington squad. Juan Soto over the last 30 days, yeah, 433 weighted on base average versus lefties. How about Josh Bell, switch hitter, 596. How about Yadiel Hernandez, 417. Garcia, 434. Berea, 726. The lineup actually profiles very well tonight versus left-handed pitching. But if you're the Phillies, you can't lose this game, can you? Oh, yeah. They lost the first two to the Pirates. I can't trust them. I just can't trust the Phillies here. <laughs> no, you, you can't. I refuse to do it. I, what can you say? The Phillies are, are there. The Phillies are a team that very often when I go through a baseball board, I, I always stop at the Phillies. I always look at what their totals are. I bet that game over on Friday. The Pirates scored seven runs. The total was nine. I lost because they got one hit. Are you, what, by Chad Cool? One of the most unacceptable results. Phillies, maybe we'll talk after the National Series. I don't even want to look at that team right now. Big series between the Mariners and the Rays. The Seattle Mariners, of course, we all know, just not the same baseball team after moving on from Kendall Graveman. Part of that is a joke. Some of that's real. They just lost the series to the Texas Rangers. They are 1-4 since moving on from Kendall Graveman. And they go to Tampa Bay to play the piping hot Rays, Donnie. The Rays, with Michael Waka on the mound right now, are nearly minus 200 Moneyline favorites. And here's why it actually makes sense. I don't think Michael Waka is a very good pitcher overall. Neither does most of Major League Baseball. XFIP on the season, a 4.40. He's been amazing, Kevin, on the season against left-handed batters. 
Plate appearances, 104 he's faced from the left-hand side. Keep in mind, he's not even a left-handed pitcher. Waka is a righty. 303 weighted on base average and an ISO power number of 128. Sensational. Now let's go over the last 30 days to left-handed batters, Kevin. Much more of the same. 241 weighted on base average, .063 ISO power number. Sensational. Handling his business from the right hand, from the left-hand side to left-handed batters. But to righties, he's getting lit up. Just look over the last 30 days here. 361 weighted on base average, Kevin. A 386 ISO power number. You can't have enough righties in the lineup versus Michael Waka. But here's where the plot plays out here for the Seattle Mariners, right? JP or uh, Crawford, lefty. Seeger, lefty. Toro, lefty. Kellenick, lefty. Rowley, lefty. Bowers, lefty. Come on now. Somebody get out your analytics up there in Seattle. Let's stack the right-handed <laughs> bats tonight against Michael Waka yeah. to give us a chance. Even though, Kevin, it makes sense. Like, hey, righty pitcher, we're going to stack lefties. That's what we do. But the simple fact that Michael Waka cannot get out right-handed batters and can only get out left-handed batters, you're going to stack a lot of left-handed batters tonight? Get the advantage. That's why Tampa Bay makes sense tonight. Somebody needs to call the analytics department yeah. of the Mariners and, and give them the deal there. Please stop being so stuck in the mud. But then again, Seattle, lame duck. They traded Kendall Graveman. They'll never be the same. They'll always, you know, like, you know, kind of like the curse of the Bambino. That's what they got down there in Seattle. Same thing. With, of Same course, exact thing. Kendall Graveman. I, I, I struggle to find any differences in that situation. Donnie, I want to bring up Blue Jays Indians here. And obviously, look, you've got a gigantic price here on Toronto, nearly $3. Robbie Ray against Eli Morgan. It is a nine and a half total. So they're supposed to win. They're supposed to win comfortably. Are you putting any juice, though, behind the idea that them returning to Toronto is a legitimate boost, or is that just playing the Kansas City Royals? I think it's mostly playing the Kansas City Royals because, again, we're not talking about Kevin. Hey, let's close the roof and put 60,000 fans in here and just scream as loud as we can to mess up the other team's pitcher. You're talking about 15,000 fans with the roof open. Mm -hmm. Are they excited to be home and playing? Absolutely they are. Some of these guys, Kevin, haven't even played a home game in Toronto yet since they've been with the organization, and that includes last year. Why? Because they weren't allowed to play in Toronto all over. And then coming into the season, the Marcus Simeons of the world, they get their first glance at Toronto. And, yes, Toronto fans are excited. Yes, the baseball team is excited as well. I don't put too much food for thought into that, but you see the Blue Jays. Like, I have to do a double take. Like, I'm looking at the screen right now. Minus 295. Like, man, this is amazing stuff. Robbie <laughs> Ray is a good pitcher, but I, hey, yeah. you know, it, it's not the end-all, be-all out there on the mound. He can get touched up. And also take a look at the last 30 days here, Kevin, where you're trying to get a sense of how the Major League Baseball batters are lining up against these pitchers. It's not bad from a perspective from the Cleveland Indians. Keep in mind, this team is going to load up probably nine right-handed batters to start this game. A lot of guys over the past 30 days with high-weighted on-base percentages and a few of them with high ISO power numbers as well. When I look at this lineup overall, yeah, Toronto should win. There should be runs, but boy, oh, boy. Are we laying $3 on Toronto? Nah, just look towards the team totals and the overs in this one for me. I can't believe that they're laying almost $3. It's an outrageous number there on the Toronto Blue Jays. It really, really is. A lot of good games on tonight's baseball board. You've got the Giants playing at Diamondbacks. The Brewers are involved against the Pirates. They're less of a favorite against the Pirates than the Blue Jays are, which is wild. The Angels going over to the Rangers. Mets and Marlins will throw it down as well. Donnie and I will have that covered on In Play Sports tonight. Ariel joins Donnie next. Let you know what's coming up in the morning after. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Price drop. Time to shop. Get to a Nordstrom Rack store today for first dibs on new markdowns. Now score even more, up to 70% off brands everyone loves at Nordstrom Rack. Denim, dresses, sneakers, tops, and more. Plus, get genius deals on jackets, sweaters, and boots for the whole family. Shop your Nordstrom Rack store today and save up to 70% with new markdowns. But hurry, deals this great won't last. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. 
Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Last segment of for Monday on the early line right here on the Sports Grid Network. Both myself, Donnie Wrightside, and Kevin Walsh the last two hours wrapping up the weekend. And my goodness, do we have some shows for you this week because why? Thursday night starts the NFL football slate with some preseason action the morning after. We know that crew is going to get after it, Errol Epstein and Ben Stevens. It's Monday morning, an action-packed weekend as we welcome in Ariel Epstein. How you doing today? Hey, Donnie, I cannot wait. I just love that as we get closer and closer to the football season, all these storylines are going to start to come out. We're getting some more players added to rosters. Uh, The Giants just did it this morning, adding a running back in Alfred Morris. It's going to be a really fun next few weeks as we get ramped up. You always know that you have the most degenerate gamblers out there when they're betting preseason sports, whether it's baseball, football. We've got preseason odds up on the FanDuel Sportsbook, and I can't wait to break them down. Nope, but now as we flip the calendar over to August, I mean, yeah, like we have to wait a little bit of time before we get that first opening game between the uh, Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys on Thursday Night Football in September. But we actually have live football games here coming that mean something by the end of the month in college football as well. It is an exciting time here. But also, let's take a look at Major League Baseball area. We just had the trade deadline where a lot of fireworks went down, trying to see the haves and the have-nots entering into the second half of the Major League Baseball season. What do we have to look forward today on the morning after? What type of guests we have? We talk Talking baseball, football, I know you guys do it all. We've got so much to get to. We always have the director of training at the FanDuel Sportsbook, John Sheeran, on the show on Mondays. He helps us to give us the sportsbook perspective. We're going to go through also how the futures market moved. You mentioned the trade deadline. The trade deadline is the best time to go and reflect on how the odds have shifted from even the week before to the week after. There were some teams that moved up in the odds and some teams that moved way down in the odds solely because of that deadline, Donnie. Yeah, we covered it all today, you know, going over some Major League Baseball odds because the fascinating markets as well. You have the AL MVP, the NL MVP, the Cy Young Award winner. I mean, you just had DeGrom last week, Ariel, a minus 1,000, now sitting at a plus 600 number. So if he can come back by the end of the month and pitch well out there into September, those markets will change as well. And how about also some soccer news? You know, the U.S. national team, the men's team, nice win there in the Gold Cup, taking a loss there for the women's team in the Olympics. Well, that'll do it today for the early line. Stay tuned for the morning after with Ariel Epstein and Ben Stevens right here on the Sports Grid Network. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.